الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وأذن في الناس بالحج يأتوك رجاله وعلى كل ضامر يأتين من كل فج عميق وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من حج ولم يرفث ولم يفسق رجعك يوم ولدته أمه أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وصفت العلماء كرام Today is the first of Zulhijjah which is a great and mubarak month This is the beauty of our deen our life that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with that it starts off on a sacred note and finishes off on a sacred note Our calendar starts off with Muharram which is a sacred month. In the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says إِنَّ عِدَّةَ الشُّهُورِ عِنَّ اللَّهِ اثْنَا عَشَرَ شَهْرًا فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ يَوْمَ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ مِنْهَا أَرْبَعَةٌ حُرُمٌ From the time Allah Ta'ala has created the system of the universe and the skies and the earth Then from that time, Allah Ta'ala has made the system that there are 12 months in the year. The cycle of the moon and the sun, etc. So there are 12 months of the year. And out of these 12 months, Allah Ta'ala says, مِنْهَا أَرْبَعَةٌ حُرُمٌ Four months are sacred. The sacred months are Zulqa'da, which we just finished off, Zulhijjah, and then Muharram, which is the first month of the Islamic calendar, and then comes Rajab. So in any case, out of these four months, one of the sacred months is Zulhijjah. One of the sacred months is Muharram. So Muharram, the first month of the year, a sacred month. A month which now brings us towards more obedience to Allah Ta'ala. In that Muharram comes the 9th of Muharram, the 10th of Muharram, the day of Ashura, etc. These are all special occasions. And then the year finishes off on a very Mubarak note again. Again comes the month of Zulhijjah. And if you look at the rest of the world and other nations, then the year starts off in January. So this is just a little something, just a play of words. Rahmatullahi wa used to say that this January in Pakistan, India, in Urdu, it is pronounced as January. So Janwari, Jan comes from Janwar. Janwar means an animal. And we find that this is how people, the first of January, this is when the New Year so-called comes in. We see how people behave. They become like animals, throwing things from high-rise buildings. People become so drunk that they can't differentiate between their sister and wife. And every kind of vice and crime becomes the order of the day. And how many people their entire izzat is lost, their respect is totally demolished on that one night. So all this is, this January, starts off on this is the way that they commence the year, becoming like animals. And 
The end of the year also becomes the December so-called what they refer to as the silly season. That now a person must take leave of his intelligence, he must become a fool, he must become a silly person. He must become somebody that is stupid, downright. This is how that year starts and that year finishes. But subhanAllah, what a beautiful deen Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. And what a wonderful way of life that our year starts off on a sacred note, starts off with Muharram. And then comes with Hijjah, it so to say peaks that the virtues of this Mubarak month are so great that in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says that the first 10 days of Zul Hijjah, we are already in the first 10 days, today the first was finished, we are already in the second now. The first 10 days of Zul Hijjah has that virtue and that significance that any action performed in any other time of the year cannot equal the reward of the same action performed in this year, this 10 days. And any action, no matter what it may be, cannot compare to any action performed in these 10 days. Once subhanallah a person decides in these 10 days is beyond the reward of all the other righteous actions, nawafil, etc. in other times of the year. So such a great moment has come, such a great part of the year, the end of the year finishing off on such a high note. High in the real sense of the word high, spiritually high. Not the high that people get to in December. But they don't know what they are doing, whether they are, where they are, what they are saying, what they are doing. Not that high. So this is that spiritual high that we are being brought into. That a person now gets closer to Allah Ta'ala. So this ten days, Nabi Islam gave this virtue to the Sahaba Ikram, that there is no action performed any other part of the year that can equal the reward of the action performed in these ten days. Sahaba Ikram, they were more than eager for amal and for rewards and so on. Unlike us, we take it that, well, we got enough. But do we have enough? Have we even any guarantee that anything of ours has been truly accepted? That is something we will only know on the day of Qiyamah. Otherwise, the manner in which we conduct our deeds, the way we perform our Salah, the way we fulfill all our other actions, Allah Ta'ala doesn't take us to task for it, that too will be His favor and grace. So the Sahaba Ikram extremely eager to take the maximum. But this was something astounding for them. Anything else in any other part of the year cannot equal the reward of amal in this time of the year. So they asked, they in their minds, they, the biggest amal was jihad in the path of Allah Ta'ala. So they asked Nabi Islam, Walal jihad fi sabirillah. Even jihad in the path of Allah Ta'ala, that too in other parts of the year cannot equal the reward of actions in this hand. So Nabi Islam said, Walal jihad fi sabirillah. Not even jihad in other times can equal the reward of one subhanallah in this time. Except that person who goes out with all his possessions in the path of Allah Ta'ala. And then gives his life and every cent of his is also spent in the path of Allah Ta'ala. Nothing comes back. Not one cent comes back, he doesn't come back. Then he has done something greater. So obviously... This is not in any way meant to say that a person now should not do amal in other times of the year, but this is a way of giving us the importance of how auspicious these ten days are and how much we should try to apply ourselves. Now one is that a person should apply himself, so there's various things to apply ourselves in. The 
night, every day, the fast of each of these, of these first nine days, each fast, the reward equivalent to the fast of one year. And each night, the ibadat of each night equivalent to the ibadat of Laylatul Qadr. When Ramadan comes, many people will be asking one another, what you feel, which night it was? Or the night that has passed already, asking whether it's the 21st or the 25th. But now it's presently the 29th, we talk to you about which night you think it was. Well, fair and good. Alhamdulillah, that's a good spirit that we are still looking for the night of Qadr. But here we have been already told, each night is equivalent to Laylatul Qadr in terms of his reward. So this is something that now a person should grab with both hands. Allah Ta'ala's rahmat is showering down. But it requires those who have Qadr. Qadr means appreciation. Those who have Qadr, then they will appreciate these moments that are equivalent to Laylatul Qadr. The least is some ibadat before we go to bed. Half an hour, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, some tilawat of the Quran Sharif, some zikr, tasbih, dua, begging Allah's forgiveness for ourselves, for our families, for the entire ummah, something at the last part of the night. The very least, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says that the one who performs his Isha Salah Jama'ah, person who stands, who performs his Isha Salah Jama'ah, it is as if he will, well, he will get the reward as if he spent half the night in Ibadat. And when Sallam Fajr of the Jama'atim Fakaanma Kam and Layla Kulla, the person who performs his Fajr Salah Jama'ah, he will get the reward of having performed the entire night's Ibadat. The entire night he spent in Ibadat. This is a bare minimum that our Fajr and Isha is with Jama'at. The masjid. Now, if this 10 days, inshallah, we make this a practice that we don't ever miss any fajr, any isha or jama'ah, inshallah, this will become the foundation for it continuing throughout the year also. So, this is something that we should try at every cost to make sure that no fajr, no isha is missed, and obviously, other salah as well is missed with jama'ah in the masjid, and this will become, inshallah, the foundation for continuing. On the one hand, are these great rewards? Allah Ta'ala speaks in the Quran Sharif about the Ashkurul Hurum, the sacred months. Having mentioned that the sacred months are these four months, Minha Arba'atun Hurum, Allah Ta'ala then says, Zalika Deenul Qayyim, Fala Tadlimu Fihinna Anfusakum. This is the established way. Then Allah Ta'ala says, Don't oppress yourself in these sacred moments. One is that a person it's an auspicious time, a sacred place. So he's expected to go out of his way to take the maximum. One person goes to Makkah Mukarramah. Now he's in the Haram Sharif. He's in the Haram Sharif. One Amal multiplied 100,000. One Salah multiplied 100,000 times. One Subhanallah multiplied 100,000 times. Now a person has that opportunity. So he's expected to now make the maximum of it and spend every moment in a constructive way to take the maximum. But the least is that if he is not engaging himself constructively, he doesn't engage himself negatively. Now in the Haram Sharif, he is sitting in making ribat. In the Haram Sharif, instead of looking at the Kaaba Sharif, he is casting Haram glances there. And he is earning the same uh, manner that a person earns for every good deed, 100,000 rewards, 
the same is now applied to every sin. Now in a sacred place, a sacred time, and a person is so indifferent, so neglectful, so careless, cannot be concerned, where am I, what place am I in, and here also I got no shame, I'm casting these haram glances in this kind of place. So the rewards are all, the rewards are multiplied for the good, the sins are equally multiplied for the wrong. So for every wrong he is doing hundred thousand times. Likewise in these Mubarak moments of time, one is that we should be going out of our way to do the best we can in terms of earning amal. And the Bishra has made it so simple for us that in these Mubarak days, among the other ibadat, the thing that is emphasized is excessively recite Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. Now what effort does it take? What, how much does it cost somebody to recite Tasbih one time? How much of his breath will get lost? What energy that he will have to expend? Nothing. How simple. A person is driving, he is walking, he is busy with his work every now and again. Now while busy with his work, he can't be performing Salah at that time. He can't be doing many other things. But every now and again bringing Tasbih on his tongue, what difficulty is there? And Allah Ta'ala is totally independent of this Tasbih from us. Allah Ta'ala doesn't require it. We need it. By glorifying Allah Ta'ala and saying Subhanallah, and that is the other part of it. One is, that that tasbih and this third kalima that we learned in maktab, in our maktab days we were shouting it at the top of our voice, the whole class, and it was just something that we had been taught and we were learning and carrying on. But the time now has come in our life that it must now not still be that same empty capsule. At that stage in our life we were just saying the words and it didn't mean anything much to us. We didn't know what we were saying also. We were being told to say it, but that served as the foundation. That maktab served as the foundation that prepared the capsule. But now the time has come to put the ingredients in the capsule, that roof and that soul in it. So that tasbih is not just being said, just lip service, but it is being filled with that spirit of tawheed, with that spirit of glorifying Allah Ta'ala, with that spirit of expressing the greatness of Allah Ta'ala. Subhanallah. Is expressing the purity of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is pure of every blemish. Allah Ta'ala is free from every fault. Allah Ta'ala is free from every fault whether we say it or not. Whether the whole world makes any tasbih or not, Allah Ta'ala is independent of that and He is totally pure. But by our repeating Subhanallah, the effect of that is that this will bring purity to our hearts. Allah Ta'ala is pure. He is what in need of our saying subhanallah. But by saying this, we will be purifying our hearts. By saying alhamdulillah, all praise is due to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is beyond our, the need for us praising Him. Allah Ta'ala is not in need of anybody's praises. But by praising Allah Ta'ala and saying alhamdulillah, but with the heart in it, with that spirit, not that empty capsule. Muhammad Ali, you say a person heard about the hydrogen bomb. <laughs> what is this hydrogen bomb all about? And how destructive this can be and what is the power and energy in this? So he's walking around the street and he's shouting on top of his voice, hydrogen bomb, hydrogen bomb. So what is going to happen with that? Even a fly won't fly away also. Because that's just the word. That word is not going to bring that effect of that. But if he had the real thing, there will be some totally different matter. Likewise, our tasbih, our tahmeed, our takbir, 
او تلاوت او صلاح او سجدہ الحمدللہ this too is غنیمت this too is a great gift from Allah تعالیٰ that our tongues are engaged in the tasbih this too we should make shukar for we should not even look down upon that no matter how far the mind was at that time not deliberately but it drifted away then too that too is a great gift from Allah تعالیٰ that the tongue wasn't engaged in swearing at that time the tongue wasn't engaged in ghibat at that time the tongue wasn't engaged in some kind of lewd and illicit talk the tongue was engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. That too is a very great bounty from Allah Ta'ala. But the effect will come when the spirit is also in it. When this is filled with that reality. person with that reality is saying, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. So, this is the tasbih, tahmeed, the Prophet says, in these days, excessively recite this tasbih, this tahmeed, this tabbeer. This will bring the purity of our hearts. It will bring the greatness of Allah Ta'ala into our hearts. It will bring the reality that Allah Ta'ala is worthy of giving praise. I am nothing. Who am I? Otherwise, the smallest thing also in Psalm is such that Shaitan will whisper the smallest thing in his ear and he'll get blown up. I have done this and I have achieved that and I am so and so and whatever, whether it is on basis of some wealth, on the basis of a person's intelligence maybe somebody on his some skill, somebody on whatever other outwardly what it seems is something worthy of praise. Everything is from Allah Ta'ala alone. And just as Allah Ta'ala has blessed somebody with something, Allah Ta'ala can take it away in one moment also. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. But the thing is when a person will keep with the heart and soul in it, keep saying Alhamdulillah. All praise is due to Allah Ta'ala alone. This will turn the attention from himself completely. Turn the attention to Allah Ta'ala. Everything is from him alone. Allah Ta'ala is the greatest, not me. I can do nothing. And La ilaha illallah. There is none worthy of worship but Allah Ta'ala. So this is something such a simple, easy tasbih to keep reciting repeatedly, taking these, the name of Allah Ta'ala, repeating these tasbihat, and this will fill our hearts, inshallah, with the nur of this tasbih, with these with words of Allah Ta'ala so this is something that we have to do but now the other part of it is one is we are supposed to be taking advantage of this time to make the maximum but the least is that a person Allah Ta'ala says don't oppress yourselves in these sacred moments what is oppression? don't oppress yourself person oppressing himself yes Sin is an oppression upon oneself. The greatest sin is zulm, uh, is shirk. And Allah Ta'ala says, Inna shirka la hulmun azim. That shirk, this is the greatest oppression. And under shirk will be all the other sins, depending on how severe the sin is. It's all a form of oppression. It's an oppression upon oneself. Every morning, all the limbs, the limbs plead to the tongue. The limbs plead to the tongue that you be straight. In is taqamta is taqamna. And if you remain straight, we'll be safe. Hmm. If you go out of line, we'll also go out of line, we'll also catch it in end. Now the rest of the limbs are pleading, don't make oppression on us. You stay straight, 
will be safe. You go start doing things, saying things that are out of line, we'll all have to bear the brunt of it. It's your oppression on us. So the sins that a person commits is also an oppression. So Allah Ta'ala is saying at least the minimum. The bare minimum is that in these Mubarak days, have some kind of adab for these Mubarak moments. Some kind of shame from Allah Ta'ala. Some kind of acknowledgement for the favors of Allah Ta'ala. Some kind of conscience. That, ya Allah, this is such a Mubarak time. I can't do anything much in terms of extra ibadat. But Ya Allah, for your pleasure, I'm now giving up all this haram that I was involved in. So this too is at least some appreciation of this time. A person didn't wake up one time, he didn't fast one day, it's nothing. He won't get any sin for that. But he gave up sin in these Mubarak days, that is an even greater achievement. That is something gone even further ahead. So this is what we are now supposed to be focusing on. That in these Mubarak moments, we turn to Allah in all sincere repentance, and we try to exert ourselves in some ibadat, daily at night, 10-15 minutes, 20 minutes, if you can get the topic or wake up in the morning a little while before steady time expires, two rakats, four rakats, some dua at that time, some tasbih, and we can't make it to wake up at that time, perform some two rakats, four rakats before going to bed, with the niyat of Qiyamul Layl, inshallah we'll get the reward of that in that But this is the main aspect in terms of these 10 days, in terms of the ibadat. Then in these Mubarak days is this great Amal of Hajj. This is a mu'min that his heart is attached to any ibadat that is taking place anywhere. Any great work of being that is taking place. Any great Amal that is taking place. A mu'min's heart is in it. He might be sitting in this part of the world and Hajj is taking place obviously in Makkah, Mukarramah, the Hujjaj are gathered and then we'll go to the sacred places. But a mu'min's heart will be attached there. Simple example of this is, supposing somebody, there's a wedding in his family, he's very close, or his brother is getting married, or maybe some very close friend of his getting married, or whatever, somebody very, very attached to him, now this wedding is taking place, and suddenly, Allah forbid, he got sick, he got so sick, he landed up in hospital, or he's at home in bed, and he has no way to get to that wedding, to be part of it. So he's lying in bed, but where is his heart? He is lying in bed, but his heart is now, what, what might be happening now? Maybe the nikah is taking place now. The nikah must be over now. Actually, that when the nikah is over, it's all over actually. But now his heart will still be going through all the various aspects that would follow generally. And his heart would be down, that I got left. And everybody else is there, but I'm not there. So while he is away, but he is with it. He is far away sometimes, but he is right there in terms of his heart. So a Muslim, this is an international event of the believers. This is something which brings the entire Ummah together. It displays the unity of the Ummah. It should be there. The king and pauper will all be looking the same in that same Iran. And Nobody has any sign of distinction. That's the essential thing. That's how it is supposed to be. That there's no distinction between one and the other. Person should be having his head here normally at all times. That is the sunnah of Rasulullah. He should be wearing his topi at all times. But come ihram, then somebody will have, if that was something continued with, then now a person has to wear his plain sheets of cloth. But then everybody will come 
with one type of topi better than the other. Somebody will wear one time, somebody else will outdo him in another time, and somebody will outdo him in a third way, and somebody will come with something more fancy. So in that particular time, in Ihram, even the topi has been taken off. No distinction. All will be just looking the same. Normally you say that looking for a needle in a haystack, so on the day of Arafat you say that somebody came here, he was wearing two white sheets. I don't know, maybe you'll find him somewhere. <laughs> so now you have to look among two million people, three million people, somebody in two white sheets. All wearing the same. But this is that international event of the believers. Such a great amal. Every Nabi of Allah wa ta'ala brought his ummah to Hajj. Allah Ta'ala makes this, made this fund on every person who has the means and the capability to go for Hajj. Now, such a great amal taking place, and a person's heart is not with the Hujjaj, he's not making dua for them, making dua for everything about them. Allah Ta'ala grant them Hajj Makbul, Mabrur. Allah Ta'ala make their, accept every ibadat of theirs. Allah Ta'ala make their Hajj such that they come back with the barakat and blessings and we also benefit from it. Allah Ta'ala make those blessings and barakat reach every nook and corner of the world. And Allah Ta'ala grant them protection and safety in every way. Now, these du'as should be part and parcel of every... We are far away, yes indeed. But we should be very close in terms of our du'as, in terms of our heart. That is the heart of a movement. That whatever amal of deen is taking place, he might be sitting here, there's one ishtima taking place in some other corner of the world, his du'as will be with it. There's some madrasa operating in some far end of the world, his du'as will be there as well. There is some other effort of deen taking place in whichever nook and corner of the world. He might not even know about it, but in a general sense, he'll make dua for everyone. He'll make dua for every effort of deen that is taking place. Because that is the heart of a mu'min, that he is not for himself. He is part of this global ummah. And he feels the pain of the ummah, he shares in the joys of the ummah. And he is making dua for the ummah. So this is also part of this lesson of hajj. That a person is not for himself. So we should not be just aloof from this great ibadah that is taking place. It is because we are not there, we are not part of it. So we are not part of it. No, we are part of it. We are not probably physically there. We are not physically there. But we are part of it in terms of our du'as, in terms of our heart being yearning for that moment. Then in this Mubarak time, it brings also to all the lessons of this, of Hajj. And the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, that deal with these Mubarak places. Allah Tabarak wa ta'ala in the Qur'an Sharif. Describing the Kaaba Sharif. Allah Ta'ala says, Inna awwala bayti wudi The first place of worship, but the word in the Quran Sharif is bayt. And it is just general, not even baytullah as such, it's just a bayt. But as what is referred to is the Kaaba Sharif. But the Mufassirin explained that the first uh, construction of the Kaaba Sharif was done by Sayyidina Adam Ali and it is not far-fetched that before he built his own house, he built the house of Allah. Mm. And therefore this is being said in a general way, the very first house erected on earth is Lalladi Bibakka, is the Kaaba Sharif. So the lesson that the Mufassirin give us of here is that deen and the aspects of deen should take precedence over everything about ourselves, over our possessions, over our things over our aspirations, over our desires, over our likes and dislikes. What is deen comes first. What are the dictates of deen come first. 
What are the teachings of deen come first? The ibadat of deen that will come first. The mu'amalat of deen that will come before my quest for wealth. The mu'ashirat that Nabi Islam has taught will come before how I want to go about things and deal in social life. The akhlaq that Nabi Islam taught is what I will adopt and not what I want to, how I want to conduct myself. So deen will take precedence. And then Allah says regarding the Kaaba Sharif, Mubarakaw wa hudan lil'alameen That this Kaaba Sharif is Mubarak. It is filled with barakat. What is this barakat? The barakat one is in the Mubarak land itself, that despite being a barren place, but the barakat of the Kaaba Sharif is that around this barren place and in this barren land, everything from throughout the world is available there. Every fruit, any time of the year, every vegetable, whatever else, and no matter what number of hujjad will be there at any given time, and this is not something that the hujjad will congregate there for two days and three days, they are there from weeks before. So it's a very long period of time comparatively. And this great number of people are there, and there's never ever a shortage. There's never ever a shortage of anything. Once somebody told me that there was something carrying on, some kind of whatever world tournament or something carrying on here locally, and, or not even a world tournament, some uh, national tournament was carrying on here in Durban, or whenever that happens, the next day there's a shortage of basic things, milk, etc., and we all run out. And there will be about maybe 25-30,000 extra people came into the city. So 25-30,000 people extra came into the city, the supplies run out. And here there are millions now, congregating in the same place. And over so many days, and this is what Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala says, Yujuba ilayhi thamaratu kulli shay. All the things from throughout the world are brought, whatever is required, Allah Ta'ala makes it come. This is the promise of Allah Ta'ala in the Quran This is the barakat of the Kaaba Sharif. Allah Ta'ala says this is one barakat. And the barakat of the Kaaba Sharif, what is this? Is the apparent barakat, the external barakat. But the real thing and the main thing is the internal barakat. That a person who goes to the Kaaba Sharif and he goes in the proper manner, he goes with the right frame of mind, he goes there to search for Allah. Then he will come back as a transformed person. Person went to Baytullah and he didn't find Allah. He went to the house of Allah and he didn't find Allah, he didn't gain the marifat and the recognition of Allah. Then he probably went for shopping. He probably spent his time somewhere else. And by the way, he came to the house. Just fulfill whatever was necessary. Person who came to Baytullah itself, that was his objective, that was his focus, that was what he spent his time acquiring, then he will come back with that inner barakat. He'll come back with that barakat which Allah says, Mubarakaw wa hudallil alami. That it is hidayat. This is that transference of hidayat, that nur that takes place from the Kaaba Sharif onto the heart of the person that is focused towards it. Those who Allah Ta'ala has blessed with that spiritual insight can see the showers of Noor coming on the Kaaba Sharif. So, this is this Mubarak place. Now, a person who is focused on this Mubarak place, inshallah, he'll also get the droplets from Fawso. Then Allah Ta'ala says, Fihi ayatum bayyinat That in this place are the clear signs of Allah Ta'ala. 
as such clear distinguishing signs which bring one to the ma'ifat and the recognition of Allah Ta'ala. Ti ayatum bayinatum maqam Ibrahim. Among them, one of them is the maqam Ibrahim. This maqam Ibrahim is not that casing that is enclosing it. It's that rock that Ibrahim stood on when constructing the Kaaba Sharif. Allah Ta'ala says this is a sign. It's a sign that long before Nabi Salaam came, over a thousand years before he came, Ibrahim Salaam was building the Kaaba Sharif. And as he needed to now put the stones and the bricks on the higher end of the Kaaba Sharif, this became beyond reach. So this rock was provided. And when he would have to ascend to put the stone on the higher part of the wall, this rock would raise like a lift. Now which zamana are we talking about? Let alone lifts, there wasn't electricity. Electronics wasn't even a word heard. Allah provided this. And now when he would place the stone, he had to come back down also. So that would now come back down. And then he would take the next stone and he would now raise him to the height that he needed to get to so he could place the next stone. Allah is saying, us, saying to us in the Quran Sharif, look at this ayah. Look at this sign. And this is one sign among many. One of the other very clear signs, Abdullah ibn Abbas rather it was Allah Masyuti rahimahullah, he states that there are some mu'ajizat of Nabi Wasallam that continued after his moving, passing on from this world. One is the Quran Sharif, which will remain till Qiyamah. The other mu'ajizah is something to be witnessed at the time of Hajj. At the time of Hajj in Mina, every person is required to stone the Jamarat. So we take the first, the, the Jamarat Akbar alone, the last Jamarat, which is the Jamarat Akbar, which is stoned on all three days. And some remain the fourth day as well. So if you just take the one alone, so each one will be stoning it seven times over three days. Seven times each. That's the one we're talking about. And somebody says four days in over four days. So each one is stoning it, is throwing in 21 pebbles. Now one million people throw 21 pebbles. And there's three million who judge. So there should be at least a sizable mountain there. And that mountain should have already, in the first few hours already would have been, that Jamara should have been covered over. But in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, that when these stones are thrown in, these pebbles are thrown in, then the Malaika are appointed to uplift it to the heavens. And only those stones get left there of those people whose Hajj has not been accepted, or whose pebbles have not been accepted. And this is why the masala is that a person has lost his stones or whatever, he should not pick up anything from around there. Because those are the unaccepted ones. Now this is the mojiza, it's a clear sign. person can just take 10,000 pebbles and put it together and see how the, what size heap comes. 10,000 pebbles are already created, good size heap. We're talking about 21 pebbles each person is throwing, times 3 million. So that should be covering the whole place up. But it is always just that one small pool of stones that are there. Or just a little overflowing that half wall. And that is it. This is a clear sign from Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. But what are these signs meant to do? What is thing a sign 
And then a person says, SubhanAllah, what a sign has been carried on with his life like nothing happened. No, a sign is meant to bring a person closer to Allah Ta'ala. And coming closer to Allah Ta'ala, the sign of that is obedience to Allah Ta'ala. That a person has recognized his benefactor, recognized his creator, recognized where everything is coming from. So now he submits to Allah Ta'ala. This submission is the lesson of this entire period of time. The submission of Ibrahim the submission of Ismail the submission of Hazrat their submission, this is the lesson, total submission to Allah. So this is the time that we have been given, this great occasion where the rewards of this ibadat is multiplied so much, where we have been given all these great bounties and benefits to turn to Allah wa ta'ala so that we become the true servants of Allah Ta'ala. We have been given this moment in time to come make the sincere tawbah, repent, bring our lives out to check, take the maximum rewards and take these lessons. Take these lessons that deen comes first. Deen comes above everything. This is a very, very short life. We are here now, Allah knows best what's tomorrow. Tomorrow is too far. We don't know whether we're going to wake up tomorrow morning if we, to start off with whether we go to sleep tonight. So, every moment comes. Every moment is very valuable and precious. These are moments that Allah Ta'ala has added so much of more bounties and benefits in it. The other of these moments is that we treat it with that appreciation that it deserves. We keep ourselves away from every guna, every sin. We turn to Allah Ta'ala in sincere repentance. We become subservient to all the commands of Allah Ta'ala. Make that firm azam, that firm determination. Every Fajr, every Isha, with Jama'ah, all the other Salah as well, our tongues engage in the remembrance of Allah wa ta'ala, as often as we can, and bringing our lives onto that spirit of Qurbani, our lives onto that spirit of sacrifice. That Ibrahim Salam, Ismail they learned that sacrifice to show us. Cannot we sacrifice just these minor things that come in our way? The little temptations the little distractions, the little things that take us towards the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, these are small things. We should be making the bigger sacrifices. These are things that we should be undertaking in any case, sacrificing our time, our health, our wealth, for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, for the deen of Allah Ta'ala, to establish the deen of Allah Ta'ala in our lives, and to pass it on to others as well. Allah Ta'ala, give us all the tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala, enable us to appreciate this Mubarak time, dedicate ourselves, make sincere tawbah, turn to Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala grant us the tawfiq of becoming His true servants, submitting entirely to Him, Allah Ta'ala keep us with Iman, take us with Iman, and raise us on the day of Qiyamah with Iman, Akhiru Da'wana, Alhamdulillah.
by saying La ilaha, we will imagine as if everything, all the evil, the filth, the dirt, whatever is in our hearts, all the ghayrullah, all the wrong, everything has been taken out and thrown out. Illallah, there is this nur coming from Allah Ta'ala's side, this nur which is the love of Allah Ta'ala which is descending in our hearts and illuminating it, brightening it.
Allah in the friends of the mind, because as a tongue in the mouth that sing Allah, as a tongue in the heart that is also sing Allah. And everything around us is also sing Allah. And this noor is coming into our hearts which is bright in our hearts. Allah, Muhammad, 
تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم اللهم لك الحمد كله اللهم لك الحمد كله اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله ربنا ولمنا انفسنا ولمنا انفسنا ولمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت الاعز الاكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا على الايمان واحشرنا يوم القيامه مع الايمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب الينا الايمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره الينا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان واجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم ارنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وارنا الباطل باطلا اللهم ارزقنا حبك وحب من يحبك والعمل الذي يبلغنا حبك اللهم اجعل حبك احب الينا من انفسنا واهلينا ومن الماء البارد اله العالمين يا الله most merciful Allah most gracious most kind most loving Allah اله العالمين يا الله indeed very ya Allah your most sinful servants ya Allah Ya Allah, we are acknowledging all the wrongs we have done, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are begging your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Allah, 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 forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, show your makhfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, these mubarak moments, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we're begging for our makhfirat, Ya Allah. We're begging for the makhfirat of the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, show down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Show down your blessings, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, remove the suffering of the ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the hardships of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the poverty from the ummah, Ya Allah. موسیقی Allah, you keep us in your protection, Ya Allah. Allah, don't leave us to ourselves to the blink of an eye, Ya Allah. Allahumma la takinna ila anfusina tarfata'in. اللهم لا تكلنا الى انفسنا طرفه عين فانك ان تكلنا الى انفسنا تكلنا الى ضعف وذنب وعوره وخطيئه اله العالمين يا الله يا جدع وسالس بكل فصل وفصل الشيطان يا الله لا يوسي فارس بتكس يا الله فلك وشرز يا الله فلك وتمنيز يا الله فلك تاي امه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اله العالمين يا الله يجرنا التوفيق وفرمان وفاي تنسى بعض الجماعه يا الله لا جرنا خشوع وخضوع وسلام يا الله 
قرآن کا سچے سوال جیو آر پیس میں دیا اللہ اللہ العالمین یا اللہ فلو و حاصل دیا محبت دیا اللہ فلو و حاصل دیا محبت دیا اللہ اللہ فلو و حاصل دیا محبت دیا اللہ اللہ میں بیدت دیا محبت دیا اللہ اللہ جیو قرآن آرکاؤں کا جیو گریس دیا اللہ اللہ کہ اس نتی نتی کے پریزنٹ دیا اللہ اس نتی نتی وہنی ہو پریزنٹنگ جیو دیا اللہ اللہ کو جیو گریس دیا اللہ جیو مرسی اس لبت دیا اللہ اللہ العالمین یا اللہ Allah, 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 Allah,